Welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio and to Spotted Dog Yoga. My name is Krista Gunn. I'm one of the instructors here and I have Nick Clark, one of our instructors and one of the co-owners of Spotted Dog Yoga here this morning. And we're starting a new series on the podcast called Meet the Teacher. And so you know if you've taken one of Nick's classes how impactful his classes are and how amazing of a teacher that you are. But what you may not know about Nick is some of the things that makes him who he is. And so I have a few questions for you this morning, Nick. Um, I know a little bit about your teaching background, but I don't know as much about like where you grew up, you know, your family, did you have any pets growing up? Did you play any sports? Yeah. Tell me more about yourself. Yeah, thanks Krista. Thanks everyone for joining in on this, uh, this live interview. It's so awesome, first of all, to have you as a part of this community. And um, it's really great to have the opportunity for me to share and for other teachers to share their stories and how they got to be where they're at. Uh, I grew up in a little town in Colorado. It's called Durango. And um, I was born and raised in Durango. And then after I graduated high school, I was looking for a place to play college, so college soccer. And I ended up playing for Fort Lewis, which was also in Durango. Um, so soccer really became a huge part of my life um, after high school and through college and whatnot um, and all the things that I grew up doing like mountain biking and skiing and um, hiking and backpacking and those kind of things took us a, a back seat for a long time but they're still really something that I love to do and soccer uh, the experience I had with soccer was incredible it just made me the person that I am it taught me that hard work can lead you where you want to go um, that no matter what you put your attention on you can create um, and ultimately like it guided me to where I am right here where's your favorite place to ski favorite place to ski purgatory it's right outside of Durango oh <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's where I grew up my parents used to take we would go on Saturday and Sunday morning every weekend during ski season get up early grab the neighbor if he wanted to go or sometimes he'd <laughs> grab us and we'd uh, we'd jet up to purgatory and um and shred i just remember uh, that was probably the the best memories i had with my family growing up was going skiing skiing with them and getting stuck and powder up to my chest and you know even like the memories of looking for lost skis and different things like that <laughs> i've done that like, before in gloves yeah right <laughs> you like, lose on the lift <laughs> yeah like you know all those things that have to do with the experience of skiing totally um are moments that i cherish and hope that i can bring to my family too so yeah purgatory that's awesome. That's my place. So how did you find yoga? I was playing, uh, after college, I was looking for a professional soccer team to play for and ultimately ended up playing for a semi-professional team up in Chico. It was called the Chico Rooks. The Chico Rooks are actually the um, oldest professional soccer team in California. However, they no longer exist. Um, so when I was playing for them, I would play for them during the summertime and then I would coach for Chico State men's and women's soccer team during their seasons and that's basically how I ended up affording to live in Chico after college and uh, I was having a hard time with my knees I really wanted to play some more ball um, mm -hmm. but my knees were hurting I had deep bone bruises I had issues with my patellar tendons and mm -hmm. just like all the I was I was a goalkeeper so I was like always lunging and jumping and so I just had a lot of issues and I remember there was this man he was an older man named Guido and Guido in Chico had an auto repair store. He was an auto repair mechanic. And he told me that he was having knee problems and he was a goalkeeper as well. And he said, go try out some Bikram yoga. 
just try it out. Um, they have a 30 days for $30 special or mm -hmm. something like that. So I jumped in and I did all, I started doing this yoga and I, it was like the first time in my life where I felt this really deep inner challenge. And it wasn't like a, a team sport of some mm -hmm. sort. It was just a different way for me to look at personally challenging myself. And I felt like I was completely wrung out and felt great after. Uh, I noticed that my injuries started to go away and uh, I fell in love with yoga and really haven't turned back. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember your first class? The first class that I went to as yeah. a student? Not specifically, but I, Bikram is a different style. Oh, yeah. Teach, I started you know? with Bikram. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's hotter than heck. Oh, yeah. It's so hot. Like, <laughs> what is it, like 110 or something yeah. like that? So hot in a carpeted room, and there's a mirror, and the teacher stands on a box in the front of the room, mm -hmm. right like that. Um, so I remember just like laying there in my sweat, kind of wondering <laughs> what the heck was going on, yep. right? But loving it, yes. too. Oh yeah, I uh -huh. had a really similar experience. Like, I don't know what just happened, but sign me up. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, okay, that felt great, but that was a little bit intimidating and scary at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, it took a quite a bit of time and um, practice to really get comfortable walking into a yoga studio. And then once I did, and um, knew the benefits of it. I didn't want to do anything else. I basically at that point in time started doing things that made me feel good. Yeah. You know, and stopped doing things that made me feel like crap. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. How long after you started being a yoga student did you decide you wanted to teach yoga? Actually, uh, good question. And I think a lot of people out there will probably can relate to this. Um, I did my 30 days at the Bikram studio and mm -hmm. then kind of stopped doing yoga all the time consistently until I ended up in Folsom and at that point in time I was um, just trying to figure out a way to make an income you know mm -hmm. I'm like a passionate guy out of sports mm -hmm. all I knew my whole life was sports and so I felt lost in some way mm -hmm. shape or form when so my soccer career ended and so um, I walked into a studio here in town and I think I like did a couple classes here and mm -hmm. there and whatnot. And then one day I got a phone call from their owner and she suggested that I check out the teacher training program. Mm -hmm. And of course it was like, oh my gosh, it's $3,500 and I don't have any money. And how am I gonna do this? It's like something that was really intriguing to me as a way for me to make a living mm -hmm. and to share myself. And it, and it was something that I love. And some way, shape or form, I wanted it bad enough to where I found the money I got help from my family, um, I saved money, um, made a deal with the owner to pay it off over a period of time, you know, but some way, shape or form, I found the money to do it. And so, um, in, in particularly, you know, like I know it's a, kind of a long answer to your short question, but I tend to do that. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I basically, I'd only been practicing at that one specific studio a couple times um, oh, wow. before I decided to jump in and do teacher training. That's awesome. I was very much inexperienced that I didn't know much about it at all. But that's great, like to have the opportunity and have someone see something in you and you see the possibility of like, oh, wow, this could be, you know, my next step after college, mm -hmm. you know, after retiring from playing soccer. And, you know, finding, once you find your passion, you know, you stick with it and you do whatever you can to make it happen. Yeah, it absolutely. Sounds like you did that. Yeah, it's really cool when somebody else sees how amazing you are more like and I think that's the truth in a lot of instances for people is that mm -hmm. um, other people see our brilliance and our greatness more than we sometimes see it yeah. and um, so it's really important to pay attention when people are referencing the possibility of you doing something um, expansive and creative like that yeah yeah 
And um, do you remember what color your first yoga mat was? <laughs> it was dirty. It was really, really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what color your yoga mat is right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty as well. Uh, I think that my first yoga mat was black, you know, the Manduka Black mm -hmm. Pro. And then after that, I switched to the Manduka Blue Pro. I've always had a Manduka mat. I've always loved Manduka. the, like... Lululemon mats are awesome because they're sticky, but I sweat so much I could never mm -hmm. figure out a way to dry them out. And yeah. then I just like had this rancid odor <laughs> to them, so I didn't want to like hurt anybody else's nostril yeah. intake. Yeah. So you just put a towel down over it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just put a towel down over it. Now my, my, my mat now is gray, but it has quite a bit of um, work put into it. Yeah. For sure, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so what was your next step after taking teacher training? Where did your yoga career go after that? Well, really, I just got passionately involved in the community building aspect. And I decided I was going to go take a level one training from Baron Baptiste in Hawaii. And I went with a friend of mine oh, to Hawaii. Oh, you got to go to Hawaii. I did. It was oh, amazing. It was jealous. amazing. It was different than you would have expected, however. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I went two days early with my buddy Joel, and we went surfing mm -hmm. and drank and hung out, right? <laughs> and then we show up at this training, and in some way, shape, or form, I felt like it, I didn't realize it was going to be as intense as it mm -hmm. was going to be. I had no idea what, like, and I had no idea there was going to be 150 people there either. <laughs> um, and so we both showed up sunburnt. Oh, no. Yeah, right? Like, totally sunburnt. And at, in, in this place called Kalani in, um, in Hawaii on the big island, and... Baron and his team had put up this big tent. Have you ever heard of stories like this? Where oh, yes, I've big, heard the stories. Yeah, like a big tent, so like almost like just plastic mm -hmm. sheeting up to create this yoga, heated, humid mm -hmm. yoga atmosphere. And it was wild. I couldn't believe, like, mm -hmm. first of all, I couldn't believe how much I was sweating. I didn't understand why it was so hard. Mm -hmm. I didn't, um, you know, I just, it was really uncomfortable and amazing. I left yeah. that week and... I was super fired up to learn more about Baron Baptiste and the mm -hmm. philosophy that he teaches. So I came back, and you know what Baron always says is like, if you just put yourself out there and you, and you focus on being a good person, and you teach Journey into Power, um, and you bring your energy to your classes, that people will vote with their with their feet. Mm -hmm. And so I just put myself out there a hundred percent, and I started teaching at three different studio locations for the same studio. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, my classes had just um, exploded and. I was just having a blast doing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then Katie and I met at a 40 Days to Personal Revolution program, became friends, and then ultimately got married and fell so much in love with each other through Baptiste Yoga mm -hmm. that we decided we wanted to bring Baptiste Yoga to the Sacramento area, and that's when we decided to open up Spotted Dog Yoga. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and bring Baptiste Yoga here. Yeah, how did yeah. you find Baptiste Yoga? I, my uh, teacher at Zuda Yoga, where I first mm -hmm. did my 200-hour training, Anne-Marie, she mm -hmm. actually, and I'm so grateful for this, Anne-Marie, she actually helped pay for me to go to oh, that's so my awesome. training. And, um, yeah, so she was, I think, for some in some way, shape, or form, intuitively, she felt like I would relate to Baron, and she's mm -hmm. correct. Um, he's an amazing guy, and I definitely have a really great connection with him and the philosophy that he teaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say that level one has been your favorite yoga training that you've done? Or what is your favorite yoga training, if not? Well, I, you know what, Chris? I kind of went crazy for a minute. I live with this family in Fair Oaks, and they asked me they asked me to move in and take mm -hmm. care of their dog while they traveled, the O'Farrells. A lot of people know the O'Farrells. John and Beth are super cool. 
and still around in this area, like my family. And um, so it gave me the, I didn't have to pay rent, so it gave me the opportunity to save money. And I ultimately did level one, level two, and level three all in 2011. Oh, wow. So I did, yeah, I went right from Hawaii in February to Texas in June. And then um, in November, I went to Mexico and I did level three. So I would say that, you know, um, accumulation of all three of those mm -hmm. programs was probably like just my favorite year ever. Yes. I just had like this opportunity to mm -hmm. get into my body and get out of my head and uh, really put myself into a uh, community into um, you know a practice that I cared for. It was really transformational for me as a person. Yeah. That sounds super awesome. That sounds like an awesome year. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks for asking. It's yeah. like it's nice to relive it. I forgot I had forgotten about it in That's that way. That's awesome. Yeah. So outside of teaching yoga, what are some of the things that you like to do? Well, full circle life has totally come full circle for me and for our family. Mm -hmm. um, we just moved to, as you know, we just moved up to Idaho. And we run and work spotted dog yoga from Idaho, but we also come back here um, once a month. And Idaho is so amazing for us because we're 30 minutes from the mountains. So... Uh, now I have a little bit more time to get out and hike. I have um, my, just purchased my new fishing pole and my new stand-up paddleboard that has like all the fishing rigs on it. So I'm gonna start doing some fishing. Um, this I also purchased a really neat mountain bike and Katie's cousin's been taking me out, showing me the trails and teaching me how to do my mechanical aspects of the mountain mm -hmm. bike. And so I've really got into mountain biking. It's like um, really right now is my favorite thing to do. Mountain biking and yoga goes so well together if i'm like if i'm preparing for a mountain bike ride and i do a yoga class mm -hmm. i feel like i'm more efficient I, I know i'm more efficient and then if i'm recovering from a mountain bike ride yoga makes me feel so much better so those things of course and skiing like mm -hmm. really anything outdoors are like my favorite things to do other than my most favorite thing which is hanging with my wife and my two boys um owen is four and sawyer is two and that has been the greatest blessing in my life I wish I would have had kids earlier and I, and I know like those two I learned so much from them like I learned how inappropriate my language can be <laughs> because they just give it right back to me um, I've learned uh, just the the importance of being present and being light the two of them are really really cheerful happy people and um, Katie and I our relationship has developed and grown so much with having them in our family and so that's been amazing oh and i love hanging out with our dogs too mm -hmm. they're great i always after the kids go to bed at night i always take the dogs out for a walk or a bike ride and um, that's bandit who's the namesake of spotted mm -hmm. dog he's still kicking it doing great and then Allie may his his sister who's somewhat annoying but, <laughs> but, so, i've heard sisters can be <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the uh, you know when you do the adjective for your name right mm -hmm. at the adjective for Allie throughout the household is annoying Allie, but she's like the <laughs> sweetest little thing, you know, and she's pretty, sometimes in our household, she's the only one that wants me to pet or talk to her mm -hmm. or touch her in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So she's like, a, she's my little baby girl. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love those dogs too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Did they like, do they, when you're biking with them, did they run ahead or they kind of stay with you? They're um, cattle dogs, so they typically want to be behind oh. and nip at the heels of the cattle to make them go where they need to go. So yeah. um, once, you know, at the beginning, and once I get going, mm -hmm. one, at the beginning, they're ahead of me, kind of mm -hmm. trail blazing, but then they fall into a routine and they get behind me on the bike and they don't nip at my heel, they just cruise right behind me or right beside me the whole time. 
and that's a, a totally new thing that I'm awakening to is the fact that I could can take them with me on my bike rides. Mm -hmm. I used to, I, at the beginning I was just letting them stay at home and I would mm -hmm. go on these two hour bike rides and I mean how unfair is that? Right? Yeah. So now they're coming with me on my bike rides. That's awesome. They've transitioned yeah. from going for runs at the lake and now they're getting to do yeah. you know runs on the trails and yeah, band. I mean, band was starting to have joint issues because mm -hmm. he's a ball. They love chasing the ball and the frisbee, and so mm -hmm. I, you know, I was taking him out, and all of a sudden his hips and his knees started bugging, and he was limping, and so I just realized I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna beat the hell out of him. You mm -hmm. know, it's like my similar experience to yeah. being us, right? Like things mm -hmm. when they start hurting, you don't want to do them anymore. Yep. But a dog, I can't tell Bandit not to chase a ball if he's mm -hmm. got a hurt hip. So. Um, yeah, it's neat to transition into something that challenges them, wears them out, mm -hmm. so they don't eat the carpet or the doors or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and it's something neat that I can bond with them on, too. So That's super awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Okay, well, I have a couple of um, other questions, and they are, uh, what is the coolest place you've ever taught a yoga class? Coolest place? Mm -hmm. Spotted dog yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that would be your answer. <laughs> this place is cool, and let and, it it, is. and if you don't know how cool it is, take a break from it and then come back. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it is cool. Other than spotted dog yoga, I you know I'm a service based guy. It really lights me up when I do things for service mm -hmm. um, and things that I know make a big difference for people in their lives. Um, so. When you ask that question, coolest, a couple places come up for me. One is when I was working with the schools, um, Folsom Middle School, um, Mills. Mills Middle School, of all the schools for me, was probably my favorite because mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's down in Rancho Cordova. It's a little bit of a rough area, and um, the gymnasium there had like 200 kids in it for oh, every wow. period, and majority of them at the mm -hmm. beginning were not paying attention, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then as it progressed, I could tell that even though that some of them pretended like they weren't listening, mm -hmm. they were listening, and then the majority of them started to pay attention, and the class and the yoga started to work for them, and I could tell a complete shift in demeanor with those 200 students per period after I teach those classes, and there was, there's really no feeling that can, that, I mean, there's no way to explain the feeling because it was really, really a powerful experience for me. So I'd say that was one of the coolest. And then also teaching with the firefighters at Consumers Fire, so awesome. Like in, I would do it in the garages mm -hmm. during shift, right? And then if any point in time the bells rang or there was yep. a fire, they had to up and go, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe just the ambulance had to go, whatever it mm -hmm. is. So I'd sometimes start with 30 people in the big station, and yeah. it would dwindle down to five. You mm -hmm. know, or I'd sometimes be in a station with a group of 10 or 12, and they would be there the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like that was really, really cool and rewarding to yeah. teach there as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to do stuff like that again. Yeah. It's really, it's starting to manifest more and more. I feel like people yeah. are, um, well, first of all, departments like fire mm -hmm. departments and school um, districts and police departments are opening up to the importance mm -hmm. of mindfulness because, yep. I mean, it's so incredibly important that. Mm -hmm. People in those lines of jobs and kids have the tools to process the things that are um, happening for them in their life. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they start reaching for alcohol or mm -hmm. drugs or sex or whatever it mm -hmm. is that distracts them from feeling what's going on. And the practice of yoga is such a powerful and useful tool for people to um, heal mm -hmm. and to move forward without impacting in a negative way the rest of their family, mm -hmm. but instead impacting their community and family 
impacting their community and family in a positive way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's happening, and you're going to get some chances to do that, I know. I'm excited. You're a stud. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know how to get to somebody to start talking, don't you? I do. <laughs> um, I should ask Krista a question. Hey, Krista, what's the one word that if somebody hangs, or phrase, the one phrase that if somebody hangs out with you long enough that they'll say? Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to say it with a southern accent, too. <laughs> Y'all. I know. I know that's it. Y'all know that when... <laughs> Krista gets interviewed, she's going to say y'all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Uh-huh. Okay, I have a couple more questions. Okay, sounds If good. you could travel to teach yoga for a month anywhere in the world, where would you go? Anywhere in the world? Oh, wow. That's a tough question. I think I would return to northern Italy and teach yoga in northern Italy for a um, for a month. Katie and I did our honeymoon there, mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather was born in, uh, where is he? He's in San Daniele, which is where the prosciutto is from, mm-hmm. and it's up in like near Udine and that whole province up there, if you call it a province. Anyway, super beautiful, amazing, right near the Austrian Alps. Oh, wow. um, so many cool hikes and things to do, but also like there's family there, and mm-hmm. there's great wine and mm-hmm. there's great food and mm-hmm. com- it's very community based um, people there are so genuine and s- like in a slow pace um, they're willing to slow down and talk I think it'd be sweet to take a group of people there for a month and teach yoga that'd be neat or maybe just go with myself and the kids and teach the kids yoga every day <laughs> well I'll, let me tag along I'll babysit okay. <laughs> but right. I want to go all right you can come you can come babysitting with us is like jump in the back Krista yep you know? I'll do it yeah 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 um where would you go if you could teach yoga for a month if I could teach yoga for a month I would probably want to I've never visited before, but I've always wanted, well, kind of, I've, so I've been to Guam before, mm-hmm. and I would love to, like, kind of, like, bounce around, like, Guam and Bali and the Maldives and, like, French Polynesia, and, like, uh-huh. I'm sure that there's already, you know, a lot of the yoga history there, but then to just, you know, experience it and learn from them as I'm teaching them, I think it would be really cool to just travel around the South Pacific. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, and to, just to go to India mm-hmm. would be an amazing experience, too. Yeah, there's a lot of really neat places that hold some cool energy that would be fun to go to. I did a uh, retreat to Costa Rica and for a week, and that was off the chart fun, too. Oh, I bet. Yeah, really good. We did surfing and yoga, and mm-hmm. it was in this little town called Nosara, which is like a considered a blue zone. Mm-hmm. And if you do research on a blue zone, a blue zone is one of the areas. There's like, I don't know, I'm, be, I'm kind of making it up, but it's between 7 and 10 areas mm-hmm. in the world oh, wow. where people live the longest. And mm-hmm. they do research on the people that are living there and why they live so long. And it's partially because of the community aspect that's built in the mm-hmm. areas. Um, it's also because they live off the light of the sun, so they wake up when the sun comes up and they go mm-hmm. to bed when the sun goes down. They're eating food from that's grown naturally in the earth, right? Things like that mm-hmm. um, create a blue zone. And so that was a neat experience, and I would totally go back and do something like that. You know, it's just neat to see how living simply mm-hmm. can um, enrich your life, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't need all the goods and gadgets in order to be healthy and happy. Yeah, it definitely changes your perspective when you have those experiences like that. And you kind of come back and you realize, like, these are all the things, you know, we talk about, like, drop what you know and letting go of the excess. Like, you take a trip like that and have an experience like that and you really, your eyes are open to it because you see 
how richly people are living in different parts of the world with a lot less, mm-hmm. you know, than we have. Yeah, it's really rewarding and a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that we have the ability to travel to those places. It's really neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. To wrap up, I've got a few rapid fire questions. Oh man, rapid fire! That means I have to be. Okay. In my game. So okay. there's two options. Okay. You got to say the first option that comes to mind. Oh. Don't think, just do. Don't think, just do. Morning or night? Night. Sausage or bacon? <laughs> Sausage. Tea or lemonade? Tea. I thought on that. One. <laughs> Don't think. <laughs> do you mean hard iced tea or hard lemonade? <laughs> Tacos or nachos? Tacos. Gum or mints? Gum. Hot or cold? Cold. Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Ski or snowboard? Ski. Nice. Yeah. Love the sticks. Go ski, shred, Betty. Yes. I'm definitely a skier too. So thank you so much to everyone for tuning in on Facebook Live for recording this video. Thank you, Nick, for taking the time to sit down with me. And it's been awesome to get to learn a little bit more about you as a yoga teacher and also just what makes you tick. So thank you so much. Thank you, Krista. You're such a huge part of this community. We're blessed to have you as a part of it. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in and being a part of Spotted Dog. Come say what's up. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Good job, sis. That was amazing. <laughs> like, did I say sausage or bacon? I'm like, oh, maybe I should have said bacon. <laughs> I do like bacon. I know the price of bacon is coming I, up here. That's why I said sausage. That's why I put that one number two. I was like, okay, I'll give him an easy one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I picked sausage. Well, you know, maybe I should go have a sausage later. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> All right, cool. See you later. How do you end this thing? There's a finish button. Oh, finish.